You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. So we were on a pontoon for four days. I, it's literally taken two straight days to like recover. I literally just sat, like laid my head down and I set an alarm. I was like, shit, if I fall asleep, it's going to be a problem. Matt. There are such things as good landlords. You know, I've known people who've Is lived there? for, oh yeah, I've why, known people well, who've lived camping? for like 20 years in a place that had very modest rent increases and they basically are like family to the people who own the place, you know? Bye. We didn't get along with them. We were more punk rocky and they were like co-op hippie people. It would be nice if the hippies and the punk rock people could coexist together. Not what happened that night. I wore a garbage bag as a Halloween outfit. I remember that. And it just got dumber from there. And Scott. I had a girlfriend like 08 that was paying 550 and I think people in 10 years later were paying 550. They kind of vetted you out based on, you know, if they liked the cut of your jib essentially. Oh my god, we are live! Oh, properly. oh, that's okay, you don't have to edit this. This is gonna be perfect. Just call it a bathhouse boys edition. People know, no drop, just straight switch. Well, this is not how this is supposed to start. Not with you with some film in your mouth. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna leave now. It sounds like now. it sounds like you've got edible underwear in your mouth. He does. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, it is an original Sweaty Bathhouse Boys episode. Uh, we are Michaelless, Michaelless, however you want to say it. And uh, yeah, we're here to just bring you the action. Uh, this is a socialist talk podcast, and <laughs> it's everything, everything left of the left. So let's get to it, boys. What do you think? We got Matthew here. We got John Scotts. Uh, yeah. We got your man Luke here, and you know Mike is. Mike is out for tonight, but he may be making surprise appearances with the drops. Uh, if you hear anything really aggressive, terrible, uh, awkward, and or psychotic, that's Mike. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm still, uh, I'm still reeling from all the Oliver Stone films I watched this week. Yeah, so what were you doing? Are you just jumping into the jumping into the conspiracy rabbit hole? What's going on? Oh wait, you watched you watched like the non-conspiracy ones. That's that's yeah, what I find uh, crazy. Yeah, it was it was born on the fourth of July and World Trade Center this week. Both interesting interesting movies. God damn, wow. I've not I've not seen Born on the Fourth of July since I was like uh, I don't know, twelve <laughs> years old, and it probably went right over my fucking head. That's what you can eat now. <laughs> yeah, Mike's still Tom there. Cruise was, Tom Cruise was just getting eaten out the whole fucking movie. But uh, what's his character's a, name in that movie? It's a um, fucking Ronnie uh, Ron Kovic, based off a of actual oh, person. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's from Long Island, and he goes to the war, and then gets paralyzed, and then it goes from there. But uh. Um, it's hard. It's hard to take. I, he's so Tom Cruise is still one of my favorite actors. But, I know it's hard to admit. But see, but seeing him with that like fake mustache and like the the mutton chops and just him, that, like, like and him just CCR wheeling, fucking just wheeling hard on the, the wheelchair. Holy shit! It and reason will prevail. Reason will prevail. It's uh, what baffles me, actually. It's just a sad indictment that 
that kind of film could actually draw such revenue and such I mean that was a mega hit I think in 1991 two and a half hour fucking film on Vietnam can you imagine if someone tried to get that through today like the Afghanistan movie yeah two hours and 33 minutes right yeah an Afghanistan movie that wasn't like Green Zone or uh, Lone Survivor or some shit like that but there was yeah. a big, there were some big uh, studio hits out of the Vietnam genre, weren't there? I mean, Apocalypse Now. Oh, was Deer, Deer a, Hunter a hit, was the Deer, Deer yeah. Hunter was the biggest, and then Apocalypse Now came in kind of as a, an answer to Deer Hunter, and that. But that was basically he had Rambo shortly after uh, mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. That movie yeah. is a lot older than I thought it was. Full Metal Jacket. I don't know if that was a hit or not. And Full Metal Jacket, yes. Uh, I think it's probably hit studio standards. We could probably look up the uh, box office take on those, but yeah, that you know, Full Metal Jacket was also it made money. I mean, it, you know, that would be considered a hit. I know it's kind of it feels almost garish to discuss any Vietnam movie as a hit, but you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure if Deer Hunter actually made money because uh, Camino is you know famous for just blowing cash in his production. So Michigan state's finest graduate. <laughs> no shit. Michael Camino went to fucking Michigan state university. He did. He's a Spartan. Go green. How the fuck? Just never thought to even look that up. I, I don't can't know how know. he's Who would like a think? New York guy. You can't, know, you can't know everything. He's well, a New York guy. Michigan how did he get up there? Michigan state and U of M, you know, top colleges, especially back in the seventies. Yeah, the, but the Vietnam movie, I don't know, is now, I mean, have there been any, I Hurt Locker, I guess, was a, I don't know if it was a hit, but. Hurt Locker was definitely a hit, but it's a. Critical hit, it, but I don't know if it made but money. But it's not, but it's not good. It wasn't a blockbuster. Zero it? Dark, Zero Dark Thirty in the same way. Uh, that was definitely a hit, but, you know, fucking, <laughs> you know, sanctioned fucking the worst part of our you know, torture program. So yeah, I don't know what makes a hit for a war movie is, is tricky. Uh, <laughs> who was it? Who was it that said that, you know, war is just inherently exciting. So, uh, was it Truffaut? Um, I think it was Truffaut. Yeah, I, it's hard. It, it basically it's hard, it's hard to make a film that critiques war because war is inherently exciting. So it's difficult to make a movie that's even critical of war. Because as part of the as part of the like culture products, you know, as part of the actual commodity itself, it's going to make money because it's inherently it's inherently fun and exhilarating. So, wait. With that said, you know, <laughs> we we're out of fucking Afghanistan. Well, for the most part, as far as I know, the one thing that fucking Biden did right was bite the goddamn bullet at least admit he was fucking wrong and you know step in to, to take this one for the team that was Boy. pretty decent what do you think Matt oh yeah ending the war is a good idea I just don't know if it was done there's well. no way to do it <laughs> yeah I know no way I to mean, fucking do this gotta how get do out. you how do you gracefully exit like in a 
more slow <laughs> fashion. It's like that's like the Kool-Aid man blowing through your fucking house and just stepping backwards and being like, whoops. Oh yeah. Sorry, guys. Uh <laughs> we're out of here. You can clean this up, right? Yeah, um, but but instead I don't, I don't have a broom. He's like there for 20 years just destroying every room in the house meticulously. <laughs> You know? and, every, and every time somebody builds a new family, he destroys them, too. <laughs> every every house in the neighborhood that gets built, he just keeps going through every wall and every window. And then and then dropping the dropping people uh, with drone strikes. <laughs> Is this just one of those things, though, where we were destined? Scott, to you're have... popping again. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. You're popping. <laughs> Do what you did last time. Like, you know, come what back. What I'm going to do this time. You can't time do no, Don't do that because Mike will have to let him back in. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Hold on. Wait. Keep talking again, John Scott. I'm I'm bailing and you and Matt are doing a politics episode if I can't no, do it. No 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 no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, you sound good now. I'm not hearing it. So, but you well, were saying. Not, it's not, it's not popping when you're on mute. It's not popping when you're not <laughs> talking. It's only popping when you're talking. Can you hear me popping? Sounds nope. good. Yeah, you're good. So, so you, whatever your thought was, if you even remember it. Uh, yeah, since Luke interrupted you, sorry. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I was going with the angle of like, was there? Yeah, I mean, what was the way? What the fuck's the, the hell do we know about this shit? Like, what's the way to leave Afghanistan after after the last 20 years? Like. <laughs> Never to and go when in do, there. That's the only way to do well, it. Well, sure, but yeah, yeah, it's not an option. I mean, I'm hearing a lot of criticism about, you know, there are mixed emotions, especially amongst veterans. You know, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of grief. There's a lot of relief. It's just, I don't know. What I'm seeing is that it just runs the gamut. Like we feel all of the feels about leaving Afghanistan, but I think this is one of those political or, you know, it's one of those maneuvers that you're not going to, there was no fucking winning. There's no, no, there's no way. There's just no way to leave and make everybody happy. It wasn't going to be like that anyway. So I don't know. What did, what did we want? Like we should probably just get, if we wanted to be brutal, we should get everyone out, Afghans, civilians, U.S., etc. Let the Taliban take over the country and then maybe just bomb the fuck out of the country. So it'll be like a hundred thousand Taliban and everybody else leaves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you just all hang out right here. We're going to get, all this uh we're gonna get all these bombs ready for you and then yeah it's it's nuts it's fucking bonkers well you know three years ago four years ago it seemed like afghanistan was okay uh and iraq was going to total shit uh because of isis and then i guess i don't know did trump beat isis i have no idea (laughs) but i don't hear a shit about that no no are you kidding (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this be- <sighs> yeah, well, we've got a we've got a parakeet's fucking attention span. So yeah, no, it, it, it's not been nothing has been defeated. It's only been created. We don't we don't have a ISIS was fucking created. Span. You know, we created ISIS by invading. Dude, think about it this way: has name one foreign country that is a military base in the United States. That has a military base. A in the military United presence States. inside the United States. 
the United States. <laughs> ha! That's it. I don't know. Is Russia like is Russia in fucking Cleveland, Ohio? You know, is there <laughs> is there a base for you know fucking Qatar or Qatar in in Virginia? Like, no, there's there are no fucking. Think think about what that does to the psychology of any type of, of any country, oh, anywhere yeah. in the world. We have bases I mean, we, in we Germany and even, Japan. This country isn't even our country. It's fucking insane. We do have bases in Germany and Japan. No, I mean, we do. They don't have bases here. That's my point. They've, why would we they? have military bases in literally, I think, every single fucking country in the world. Maybe maybe not Russia, but... Not China? We have, we have like 179 or... Hold on. I can even look up the number, but... It's almost 200 like uh, satellite military bases across the country, across the world. I'm pretty yeah, sure we don't. I don't. Pretty sure we don't have one in Afghanistan anymore. <laughs> nope, we got out. By the we way, the, out, the we got out while the have... getting was good. It's like fucking real estate. You're like, nope, this neighborhood fucking sucks. I'll we see spent, you later. We spent like three trillion dollars creating a. Uh, outfitting an army in Afghanistan that, and then they just handed it all over to the Taliban in like nine days. <laughs> yeah. No, all that fucking no, work. No, what no, could no, we no. possibly have done? We're not putting that, but we're not putting that on them. That's ridiculous. We spent 20 years in a, uh, what is it? A, no, it's our fault. A, a nation, nation building mission. And they didn't have the infrastructure to fucking uh, handle like a hundred thousand uh, Taliban. Oh, they had That's the infrastructure. Ridiculous. They just didn't use it. Well, that's right, because they also it's like, what, what do you want them to do? Fight for a fucking uh, militia, like a militia based government that was propped up by the U.S. to support, uh, you know, basically military interests, uh, military contractors, not just military. I don't, even I don't know mean, anything about I don't mean to shit on the military. I'm just talking about the fucking contractors that were out there. It's like um, it's like Latin America. You know, uh, there's the. This book I'm reading right now, which is actually phenomenal, uh, it's called Empire's Workshop, and it's basically about how the U.S. uses places like Latin America and the Middle East to, you know, essentially during periods of retrenchment to actually just test out different types of uh, warfare and figure out ways to, you know, figure out ways to attack civilian populations or to mitigate the fallout from those types of attacks, uh, how to attack guerrillas, et cetera, et cetera. And this is essentially what this has all been about. It's been about uh, the, this is, this is a fucking government. This is a military industrial complex government uh, with a propped up, with a propped up leader that is promptly fucking split. Uh, <laughs> it's just, uh He's on hiatus. We'll just say he's on hiatus. And, and are you talking about the you know, president so, of Afghanistan? Yeah. Yeah. And his vice president, you know, both bolted out of their lavish mansions. And so, yeah, it's, there's no way to do this. There's no way to do this. that was going to be pretty. It was always going to be fucked up because we fucked it all up in the first place. We occupied this country for 20 fucking years, 20 fucking. Can you imagine being like, 20. I don't know, 20, 30, 40 years old, and like the majority of your life being under occupation by a foreign fucking military. That is fucking insane. Absolutely fucking crazy. And we that that is something we always 
I mean, maybe not we as in the three of us or any of our any of our wonderful and amazing fucking listeners, especially Danny. 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 What are you talking about? Danny's and, and, occupying native lands in Alaska. <laughs> we're, we're occupying native lands in here. we're occupying native lands in Michigan. These are this is not our fucking land. We don't this is not our fucking land. Matt, this reminds me of when you were talking about like, oh yeah, you were being sarcastic. You're like, oh yeah, how cal- oh how bad capitalism is. Like, oh, I hate being able to go to the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's the same fucking thing with, with this. Like it is it is an absolute uh, atrocity that was visited upon the people that actually lived here, minding their own fucking business, and and here we get to be the benefit uh, beneficiaries of it, and that's that's quite quite sick and unfortunate. But here we are sitting as beneficiaries of uh, at like fucking conquest of, of you know uh, what was a. a <laughs> What was America called before it was America? Uh, depends who you asked. Well, <laughs> oh, I forget what the Native American term was, but Mother Earth. I'm sure there were three thousand terms for the land that people inherited based on the language language groups that existed. I was just I was searching for one. I couldn't come yeah. up with fucking one. What a goddamn waste! What a goddamn waste! My but education I, was. I guess Afghanistan. You know, I, again, I don't know anything about the fucking ethnic divisions and the sectarian don't have to groups there but it's not it's not a nation it has no central national identity for these people to rally around because you've got these provincial uh areas that are run by different Mm -hmm. groups and ethnic groups like pashtun i don't that's one that i know but i don't you know that's one of the larger ethnic groups um, there's Kurds, there's, you know, all kinds of shit. Um, and the Taliban at least gives, <laughs> gives people a religious identity around a nation, yeah. uh, which is a scary one and terrible for these people. I, I mean, that's the saddest part of all this is uh, what's the Taliban well, going to do in our absence? But, but the, but the Taliban, no reason to continue occupying it, in my opinion, but uh, absolutely I'm, not. The Taliban is actually a small, like, okay. As powerful as they are. I mean, they're, they're, rel- they're relatively small in number. Yeah, it's and, like hundred thousand people. And so, the Taliban can can be overthrown. Should that be the? I don't. You have to start talking about shit like national destiny or whatever. But think we we have the United States occupied that fucking country for twenty years. We were given the opportunity to take Osama bin Laden off the hands of Taliban. They were like, here, take him. We don't need him. Uh, just don't uh, persecute and don't send our well, whoever the leader was. I cannot remember his fucking name right now, but um, they were like, as long as Hello, he does. Right. Uh, is that it? Shit. I, that, that could be it. Uh, I don't remember, but they basically don't. Don't prosecute him. Don't uh, extradite him. Don't put him in one of your uh, black site fucking prisons. And we'll give you bin Laden and we'll fucking step down. And we didn't take that fucking deal. We refused it. George W. Bush refused it in December of 2001. December of 2001. This whole thing could have never fucking happened. Think about that shit. 
Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> well, I mean, but also we got to put like the first Anglo-Afghan war from like the mid 1800s in our pipe and smoke it too. Like this yeah, goes back further than 20. You know, I mean, 20, the last 20 no. years is a lot <laughs> different than the last two 200 or 180. But yeah. it, it's like the Jerusalem-Palestine conflict. I'm like. We're looking at it in a lens of our lifetime or what we know, you know, in the 21st century. But it's just like the shit is so fucking old. And I those are the nuances. Like, I don't know what the hell was going on in Afghanistan between the Brits and the Afghans in 1839. Like, I just can't even fucking pretend to understand. Uh, it was, it was <laughs> fucking, it was a new discovery. Man, I, it was a new discovery of a, a weird black substance that seemed to come, sure. it just seemed to come right out of the grounds. I don't know. There's no oil in Afghanistan. Did you say Afghanistan? I was thinking Middle East. <laughs> I, well, is there I, no oil in Afghanistan? I mean, there's probably some, but no, it's, but it's, it doesn't matter Iraq. because Af- Afghanistan. Yeah, but Afghanistan yeah. is close enough to Iraq that allows us to put military bases. Well, that was our yeah. It allows us, it allows us strategically to be able to attack other countries that have oil. Well, that's, that's what our that buddy. That's what our buddy country. W. That's what our buddy W did in 2001. Was he like, or 2002, three, whatever? He over. He's like, oh shit, this this is next door. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It's going to be just yeah, just get out. We we need to learn where where we should meddle and where we shouldn't. And it's fucking difficult no because way. well, you know, I mean, if we wanted to do some good, we could maybe help out Haiti. There's another fucking country that's getting raked over the coals. What, you know, like could we could we help do something in Haiti instead of trying to pretend to quote unquote help in Afghanistan. I mean, I don't know. I see, I I see the situation. We could not meddle there too. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I mean, I see the situation in in Haiti as being just as, I mean, I don't know if it's just as dire. It's completely different, but read those fucking stories coming out of that country. That's terrifying. That country is like ready to slide into the ocean essentially at this point after the assassination of a president after you know numerous natural disasters yeah half the people living day to day like they're basically starving i mean this is this is the world i mean what is what can america do what can america do that's that's the question what can america do and where should we do it literally just, fucking uh, everything to mitigate this shit and this is the this is like the you know benevolent capitalism thing that i have a fucking huge ass problem with in capitalism general is that there is there every fuck every sign of capitalism is there except the good ones because think about think about it this way you get Whenever you see a positive sign in one country, you're going to see a goddamn very fucking bleak and negative one in another. It's based on extraction. So if capital is based on extraction and exploitation, something is being exploited, something is being extracted, and then there is a beneficiary on the other side. So Haiti is just yet another another fucking client state that uh, you know we've had in our in our repertoire 
yeah, you know, the portfolio. Our stable, you know, in our goddamn stables for years. Well, what are we extracting from there? Labor, when we're also using uh, using Haiti politically as a as a way to to during the Cold War to stop fucking the spread of communism. I guess. I mean, I think it's just more simple than that. It's I still find we, we don't have we don't have a humanitarian priority. We uh, Afghanistan as cynical as you want to be about it. It's that I think the there was a national interest in going in there. I think there was, you know, the original reason for the war was related to 9-11, whether or not that was actually a good reason. That's a very emotional yeah. reason. Yeah. And, and there was a, there was a consensus and a, a false one that stopping um, the Taliban from safe harboring terrorists. Again, this is not my position. This is just, I think the, the reasoning for going in there, uh, the, the less cynical reason was that was the reason to do it. And uh, that was where Osama bin Laden was hiding somewhere in the region between you know, Kabul and Islamabad in Pakistan. So you, you've got, you know, that, that was why we were there. And then we got stuck in a quagmire. And I think Luke, your point about the industrial military complex had a lot to do with us not leaving. You know, there was a lot riding on continuing that continued investment in that industrial complex. And then, then pride takes over. Uh, you know, Vietnam, we talked about movies in Vietnam and boy, we, we could only be so lucky if it's, this turns into Vietnam where Afghanistan in 20 years turns into what Vietnam is today, which is, you know, at least a peaceful functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when we, when we pull our foot out that back door, I mean, we pull it out slowly. (laughs) So sticky. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I can't even purport to know what the fuck to do in Afghanistan, other than just. You gotta just get out. You have to get out. There is nothing. There is no other way to do this. It could have. Could it have been marginally better in another way? Could it have led to two or three more months of, I don't know, the propped up Afghan government uh, holding on to their. Uh, you know, holding on to their stations until the Taliban took over. They, the Taliban was always going to take over. And it was pretty fucking obvious. And when they released the goddamn Afghanistan papers, uh, what, 2019, uh, end of 2019, that that was the essential, That like, <laughs> just said for 20 years, we've been fucking lied to by the U.S. government. This is absolutely, you know, fucking ridiculous. And... So yeah, we would have got an extra three months. Also, we're not foreign policy experts, so let's let's uh, we can move on. Funny, uh, funny we thing, I just we I don't just need to a... keep going here. Like I, I can just keep spouting off, but it's not really going to help, is it? <laughs> I was just I did a Google map search of Afghanistan just to like remind myself of the geography of the surrounding countries, <laughs> and Google's like search this area: restaurants, takeout, hotels. <laughs> <laughs> Were you looking for Popeye's chicken? And yeah. <laughs> did you mean the Afghan wigs uh, banned from the 1990s? Looks like Were there's you... a banging carryout place in Mazar Sharif. At least there was Boy. nine days ago. Boy, I, I tell oh. you what, that fried chicken in Kabul—they don't even need the—they don't even need the ovens anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Who's getting who's getting that phone call? Yeah, that was me. Gotta Aaron go Mondry, live. Aaron Mondry, Aaron Mondry's calling me. Go live. <laughs> that's that's not going to work. I don't think. I kind of want you to do that, but I don't think it's going to work. It's, it's, we're going to have to cut it out. Be oh, he'd be a great fourth guest for seven he, minutes. He would be. Actually, we should have known if Mike did give us a good enough heads up. We should have fucking replaced his ass. <laughs> so anyway, we're we're fucked. Uh, or maybe Dude, not. We were maybe we we're, were fucked a long time before, but for some reason, you keep believing in this government and this stupid fucking president. But this is the best thing he's done. It's the only thing he's done, actually. He's been basically fucking persona non <laughs> Don't Don't stop believing, baby. Come on. Are you shitting me? No, you're not supposed to believe. <laughs> you're supposed to fucking push. That's what they're supposed to be there for. Well, you got to admit when certain things happen that are good, even if, you know, to say what I'm saying. nothing. I'm giving him credit. Well, nothing besides this is a, a bit extreme. I can come up with even three things that were good that happened under Trump's Trump's watch, right, yeah. exactly. This is one of them because Trump is the one that started this. Trumpy. Without this, without Trump, uh, I, I don't think we'd be out of Afghanistan right now. Honestly, I think he he pushed it. He pushed it just far enough that you couldn't pull out. The response would have had to been um, to to stop it from happening and to stop the pullout, like. You know, as we all know, no one likes to pull out. So to stop that would the have joke been. Is, the joke is, is pulling out doesn't always work. <laughs> yeah, well, it it's uh, it's messy. With that's the other thing. Oh. Pulling out, pulling out is quite messy, and yet in this case, probably effective. I don't, yeah, we're I don't not there think, anymore, and that's good. I agree. We're, we're not. Yeah, we're not getting the we're not getting the day after pill after this one. But to, you know, we often lose sight of the fact that two things can be true. Like you can believe two things and they don't have to be in opposition to each other. Like you can believe one thing and it doesn't have to mean another. You can want to pull out of Afghanistan and be horrified by what is going to happen under or, you know, uh kind of reticent at a minimum about what's going to happen under Taliban control. And it doesn't have to be, well, you pulled out. So you're the bloods on your hands and it doesn't have to, you know, it's just like we're living in this, in this like non zero world where everything has to be, it's this or it's that. And that's just like never happens in politics wanting to leave afghanistan doesn't mean that you're unsympathetic to the plight of the afghan people who may be left behind i I just that's tricky that's that's where it's like some mathematical proposition some logic game of logic where it's like i don't know in all wars aren't like innocent people just fucking butchered I mean, it sucks. It doesn't have to mean we like it, but I don't, you know, there's just no, there's no way of getting out of this thing like 75 or 70 or maybe even 51% successful. It's just a, some fucking coin flip and it sucks. And that's what the world's come to. Hey, listen again, we got, we, we had the offer on the table to leave to, to not occupy the country, to, 
get bin Laden. And the reason that there's there's a big uh, cultural problem with this because we have just been fucking attacked on September 11th and, you know, trying to place that trying to place that uh, nationwide uh, anxiety or that that angst and that anger and all of that fucking rage uh, into into like a small little box wouldn't have worked. And, you know, taking the offer the Taliban like put on the table, which is I'm not 100 percent sure that uh, bin Laden was like on the table, but basically it said don't prosecute. Don't prosecute um, whoever it was, and they'll step down, and they they will step down, uh, you know, step down from leadership in, in Afghanistan, and they, and the Bush uh, the Bush White House did not take that offer. Uh, could have prevented twenty fucking years of war. And the other thing, the other thing is fucking crazy. Is we were talking about Vietnam earlier, and Vietnam had the fucking draft. And the draft is what brought people together. That's what made people fucking. That was a big part of what made people angry about the Vietnam War to begin with. Not to mention all the visuals, the the footage of the caskets coming home, et cetera, et cetera. The, having a having a voluntary fucking military definitely allows uh, us to put our heads back in the sand, fucking ignore. Uh, you know, a war that goes on for 20 fucking years. I mean, how often did Afghanistan pop up in your head? I mean, unless you're, you're literally reading international, you know, international relations journals or whatever over the yeah. course of these last 20 years. I mean, it's like Those first like four really regular, but it, it's like something I would read, read about every like couple of times a month or something. But until, until we invaded Iraq uh, regularly, <laughs> Until yeah, so that, that gave that gave us that gave us, an, that gave us one year, one year right. of uh, giving a shit about, uh, yeah, a year and a half, a year and three months of caring about Afghanistan, and then yeah, you know, then all of a sudden, I remember in like 2010, I was like, holy fuck, we're still there. Like, I was I was legitimately shocked. Um, I hope that people are willing to excuse my ignorance based on the fact that I was coming out of the financial crisis with no job and was barely hanging on skin of my teeth and wasn't able to even consume shit without my brain exploding. So uh, there was a lot of stuff I missed for a couple of years there, but I couldn't believe we were still fucking there. I thought we were supposed to be out by like 2006 or something. Mm-hmm. So oh, dude, I mean, fucking jingoism in this country and pride and not being able to take an L and not being able to look at ourselves in the mirror run really fucking deep in America. Oh yes. To suggest that maybe we could have just taken the fucking L on 2,700 American lives 20 years ago is just, you're, you're just, you're basically a scumbag to even suggest that. Like, I should I'm 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 on a fucking watch list right now for even just saying like hey oh, yeah. we got attacked like uh, New York was attacked America was attacked 20 years ago and maybe we didn't have to react so severely people 3000 people in countries we've that. never heard of fucking die every day 
I'm pretty sure Luke is uh, pissing in the sump pump or in the utility sink. Oh, right that's a move I used to rock circa, yeah. Nine, that was that was all 90s to yeah. me. Oh, oh that's a tweeter, one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, yeah, he's right-handed. So that's his left hand with a thumbs up and his right hand presumably on his wiener. <laughs> he's <laughs> muted so he can't hear it. That that urine that uh, urine is evacuating his uh, his body <laughs> just like we are evacuating Afghanistan with Luke. What's the ferocity? Yeah, but you guys are you guys are real dicks. Scott's frozen now. Oh man, uh, he, he had a zinger. I think uh, he had a zinger in the pocket. He was ready to go. He had one in the chamber. He's never going to get back in either. Mike's out of here. Oh, no. Hold no, on. he said we could, we could text Mike. Hold on. We got to text Mike. Good God. Uh, hopefully, Scott doesn't leave. What just happened? Did I lose you completely? I'm here. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, man. What did you want to talk about census-wise? Oh, just how we're fucking losers again in Michigan. And yeah, well, I mean, we're Michigan, always losers in Michigan. But... A little bit of population. You know, we're above 10 million, but Detroit lost another 10% of its population. Lost, Detroit is now as big as the number of people that New York City gained over the last 10 years. And everybody was prognosticating that New York City was going to lose people, yet they grew by 630,000 people, by a whole Detroit. And we're uh, a failure. You said 600. So I, I meant to look up the numbers. I did not look up the numbers. So we're at 630,000 people. Uh, Detroit is. I, I'm not I'm not technically in Detroit. So Yeah, but this, I, I, mean, I will have to admit that I hate when people uh, claim to be in Detroit. And are not. <laughs> well, let's, I got to look up the uh, the exact number, but it's like 639,000, I think. Jesus uh, fucking Christ. Yeah. So 2.3 million back in nine or 2.1 million back in 1953. Yep. That was, uh, so yeah. Uh, as of, okay. See, this is funny. I'm still getting like funny getting estimate data. This guy texting here. Uh Oh, that's me texting. Uh, I'm texting. I'm trying to get a hold of Mike to, let him or to have him let Scott back in. This is very funny. You never feel more childish or more like more childlike than right. when when you need to be let back into your podcast. Please let me back into my podcast. But yeah, Oakland County grew by six percent. Oh, so there's Mike. Michael. Oh, Mike's uh, replacing Scott for a minute, and uh, Scott's out. Scott is gone. So Oakland, Livingston, Washtenaw, all grew. Macomb grew a little bit. Wayne County declined by 1.5% and Detroit lost. Matt, what is your, what is your take on this? Uh, basically we're a stagnant, we're a failed state. Yeah. Um, so zero. Yeah. Um, 
state of Michigan in particular, though, we have we have low growth. We have low percentage of foreign born people. That's probably that's not a good thing. We need immigration. And the only way Detroit can get better. And this is 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 if it grows in population. Is if we let Leanne into the country uh, and give her a fucking complete easy pass. We need, to let, we need to let our Canadians in with a full easy pass. Why would they want to live here? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. She lives in uh, Fantasyland and she doesn't have to pay for health care. So it's funny. Why they the make, hell would she ever come people here? People in Canada make fun of Windsor like it's some butthole of Canada. It but is, but it, that still makes it the like uh, twenty times better than Detroit. I yeah, think. that makes it the armpit of fucking the U.S. <laughs> if it's the asshole of Canada, it's still the armpit of the U.S. So the huh. growth around Detroit, though, is only a result, and around Wayne County is only the result of people continuing to move out. I do. No, him. No, Mike. What? Mike. Huh? Garbage shit in your mouth. God damn it. You got shit in your mouth. God. So, yeah. Yeah, I've got issues. Sounds like you guys got issues, man. We do. So, Mike, uh, Mike are you, you now? Mike, are you, are you here right now or are you, uh, are you not here? Are you just waiting for Scott? Oh. Corey fucked up all my settings at band practice today, so I don't know what my mic sounds like. I'm good. Scott, Scott's texting in complete meltdown. I'm going to jump out my third story window to see if I can feel something. <laughs> he won't. Uh, t- Actually, he will for about two seconds. So that's nice. Yeah. No, less than two seconds. But it'd be like less than a second, probably. And Detroit will lose another resident. It'll be very. <laughs> on, on to the. Aww. Back to the census discussion. Yeah, that's very germane. I mean, all of a sudden we go down minus one. So 630,000 minus one. Bummer. Yeah, so even, I guess, even Chicago grew, you know, and you, if you read national headlines about Chicago, everybody's talking about, oh, it's the bloodiest city in the country. You know, it's the murder capital. Well, you don't capital. read national headlines, man. I'm what just the saying. Fuck you read it. There's a narrative out there Ridiculous. that Chicago's a failure. Damn! And that, um, you know, there's no good reason and and to live there, but it's still growing, albeit modestly in comparison to other parts of the country, while we're shrinking at a rate more than any any place is growing in Michigan. Suck in, in Detroit, on that um, long black dingus. I'm, I'm starting to think that I'm starting to think that Detroit at this rate. Um, okay, so. We were talking about from 53. Uh, there, there have to be intervals. I did study this at one point, but intervals a decline. So I'd say like every 10 years uh, it is starting to look, I mean, not starting, but it is like, it's looking like concerning the way climate change looks concerning. Yeah. Well, it's, like it's there's, actually, some, there's oh. something fucking inevitable happening right here because how the fuck do you explain 630,000 people? Well, you know, last in 2010, between 2010 and 2000, 2000 with the big push was to get to a million people. 
because there were all these carve outs in state law that talked about a city over 1 million people, which were designed right. specifically. Right. For and, in, and in 2000, we were at like 900,000 people. So yeah. we were close or like 940 or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And every, every 10 years, the mayor of Detroit contests the census, say it's unfair, we're undercounted. And, you know, this year the census was not handled well, clearly. I mean, we had Trump was our president and it was a pandemic. So it was clear that the census was not handled well, but there were cities that should have had, by the reasoning of Detroit's leadership, the same setbacks, right? You know, difficult to count populations like low income, poor mm -hmm. people, people of color, people who are distrustful of the government. And undocumented, you yeah. know, immigrants, those, all, like people that people that are genuinely like do yeah. not want the fucking government anywhere near them, which is what the I guess the kind of right wing point of view would really be is to to make sure that everybody who fucking uh, filled out a census fears being like captured by ICE. So that's the, the argument the night. that that leadership here is going to make that that there was a. a systemic failure in the under and in, in the counting of Detroit residents. And maybe well, hey, how, how long is it going to take them to figure that shit out? It's going to take them two, three fucking years to litigate that. Uh, in the meantime, they're not, they're going to lose all the funding that they could have had. Yeah. And, and to me up. though, it's just not facing reality, which is we're still a declining city that's losing people. Like the black population continues. Why is the census not based on, do you know anything about the history of the census? I, I feel like I used to know a little bit about it. I've forgotten at this point. Why Why is the census not based on uh, social security numbers as at least a starting point? Well, because the census is older. The census is a constitutionally uh, sure it doesn't have to be older though. It can be it can be combined with you know modern. It can be. I mean, know. the census rules are are set by Congress. You know, so we ah the, yes. The, the way I mean, we measure, you know, they used to not measure certain races mm -hmm. or ethnicities. Like mm -hmm. Hispanic was not a category in the original census uh, or, or even. Yeah, until so it, it has evolved, you know, it has changed a bit. But, you know, the idea that something like Detroit would be so undercounted such that it would require some form of, I don't know, judicial intervention or would require some form of state intervention to rectify the situation seems like that number would have to be so lopsided and so miscounted that it would have to be significant enough to, uh, to warrant any type of, uh, actionable, like any type of action yeah. whatsoever. And so, every place, every place has that argument, you know? Yeah. But like, so what, what would be the number? Like it, who's complaining about the fact that we're undercounted? So Doug okay, so the fuck you, dude. Different. Like, it's not, it's not enough people. Regardless, if we're undercounted, fine. But we can't be undercounted by like three hundred and sixty thousand people, can we? Right. Uh, probably not. You think? Probably uh, not. And and his argument is that there were like there's like forty thousand households. Let's see. Okay, no, this is what he says. This is a direct quote. At a minimum, the census somehow failed to count 25,000 occupied houses with running electricity, Duggan said. He's basing that on DTE energy so electric bills. the fuck what? Well, to me, uh, someone paying electricity at a house does not equal an occupied house. There's plenty of places that are that have utilities turned on that are not occupied. <laughs> That's true, too. That's a big problem in fucking New York City. 
Exactly. So all other places everywhere Don't else in the country have go, the same excuses. Houses. But the excuse that Detroit uh, can't use is that is uh, is that we're a failure <laughs> and that we are not providing quality of life for people and people are moving out of the first chance and they're moving first and foremost to Oakland, Macomb and Washtenaw counties. Mm-hmm. And then, and then uh, a lot of people are also moving out of state um, if they, if they can, you know, especially if they're upwardly, upwardly mobile. Um, so, you know, the goal for me for Detroit is we need to attract residents and we need to stop this bullshit about you're not from Detroit. You don't count. Uh, you're just, you're just some, uh, carpet bagger coming into Detroit and, and we got to get over that provincial ass bullshit. <laughs> we got a, we got an anti-carpet bagging campaign going on. Well, we, we have to become a place where it doesn't fucking matter who you are. If you move to Detroit, we don't care yeah. if you come or go. We I just care if we're I all don't care. Oh yeah. You know, fucking think about peanuts. the people in, yeah, think about the people in fucking, uh, Manhattan or people in, uh, in Brooklyn who, you know, their entire... Their entire, like, not just boroughs, but their entire neighborhoods within boroughs that are just full of just Midwestern middle class white people. Or for that matter, and immigrants and from quite well known, like where you go when you well, move from out of town, you move to Park Slope, Brooklyn. Because or immigrants from Punjab or quote unquote from, fucking safest place to be. Right. Or, or there's neighborhoods that are entirely immigrants from Punjab or Central America or wherever. So, yep. Uh, and and that's the goddamn neighborhood called right. Curry Hill, and it's all Indians. So uh, Detroit does not; it has a very black and white attitude towards things. I feel like the Hispanic population is way overlooked by uh, leadership, and, and you know they're they're actually one of the growing se- white people and um, and Hispanic people. Hispanic is not a race according to the census; it's an ethnicity. So you can be white and Hispanic, or you can be black and Hispanic. If by depending on how you fill out your census, but white people grew in number and people of Hispanic origin grew in number, black people declined in number, mostly because they're, I think, moving to suburban areas because those are diversifying, like places like Harper Woods became majority black, um, East Point became majority black. So places in like Macomb County, uh, even though Harper Woods is in Wayne County, but Matt, I'm gonna caution you right now to uh not regionalizes so much so that we alienate the one or two listeners we might have that so, are not in this particular region. Well, yeah. It's what is the overall, Actually, the, what, the what is your consistent... overall argument though? I mean, I know you want to get, we could do, we could do like wonk talk, you know, let's have a, let's, Here's have, the a, uh, let's have a wonk off. Um, you know, if you like to wonk off, That'll be the next podcast. We'll do a bonus episode. The, the like, national narrative around Detroit, which a lot off. of people They're called like, Walk Me Off. Okay. The national narrative in Detroit that Detroit is some cool place that people from Brooklyn want to move to or whatever. Yeah. It's just total yeah, bullshit, bullshit and fake. Total bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and, Although I did meet one fucking guy. I'm not kidding. We were I'm sorry, Matt, can I I, I gotta interrupt? I was uh, Chris and I went to Sister Pie. And Sister Pie is a, a great place uh, in Detroit. Anybody needs a needs a homemade pie, they do a great job. Uh, apple pies, uh, blueberry pies, huckleberry, raspberry, whatever whatever berries you want. Um, right across the street, right across the street, there was a uh, one of those odds and ends stores. Uh, I forget what you call those. Uh, it's kind of like an odds and ends store, and we walked in. 
you know, and sold candles and, you know, coat like, you know, coasters for tables and just bullshit like that. And we were talking to the guy and he said he was literally from Brooklyn. And the last thing he saw on his way out of Brooklyn was the sign that said next stop Detroit. And he moved to Detroit to open this this shop. And I was like, cool. It was amazing. I thought that was I thought that was really, really nice. And I thought that was a sign of maybe a sign of something uh, in the ether is some form of like tide changing. But, you know, later on, <laughs> later on, I kind of thought about it. I was like, who the fuck is this motherfucker? I can't even afford, uh, you know, with another person to rent a place anywhere near downtown Detroit. This motherfucker came in out of nowhere, bought a retail space on a like prime piece of real estate and was running a fucking odds and ends store. Mm-hmm. That's fucking ridiculous. So fuck you. You didn't come from Brooklyn. You didn't like bootstrap your way here. You didn't like, you know, you didn't hitchhike over to Detroit and then like make your life here, which is what people do to New York. People do that to get to New York. People will fucking show up in New York broke. Exactly. But you don't That's show exactly. up here unless you have unless you're able to buy up property because that is how we have pimped ourselves out uh, in general, or that's how the developers have pimped us out. That's how people like, uh, you know, Dan, what's his face has pimped us out. That is what they do. They want people to fucking buy us. There's just very little opportunity here unless you're already winning. Well, without the people, you have no opportunity for fucking anything. So if you're trying to start a business, you're not getting shit. Yeah, you're right. There's no opportunity unless you're already winning. Absolutely right. A hundred percent right. So I guess my larger point is just somebody maybe in politics, maybe somewhere else has got to make real growth a priority and you got to start by retaining people who live here because they're They're the ones who are, uh, well, how about start, how about they start by, um, you know, using federal, federal powers to, uh, forgive student loans. And how's that gonna, how's that going to do anything for Detroit specifically though? It's going to make it easier to, to live in New York, back, man. You just be, no. need people. No, no, no. You just need you need mass. You need a you need people. You need <laughs> uh, you need taxpayers. You need property taxpayers, and you need consumers, and you need people like flooding that. Dude, Detroit suffers from above all other things. You know when it comes to like population loss. I mean, it is the population density problem is fucking insane. So if you open a business literally anywhere, I, I don't know what numbers they're looking at, but to open a business in any neighborhood in Detroit, it's almost a failing proposition unless it's a fucking diner. I don't know. I feel like the population thing's a red herring because Phoenix, Arizona is not a population dense place, but it it is growing. Um, and people we're, retire we're, there. We are people as population there. dense as Portland, Oregon. Population dense. Oh yeah, people. Uh, is, is, uh, oh, I've been to Portland, Oregon, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, do they have? Do they have? Uh, in your opinion, do they have the same number of bombed out buildings and potentially uh, desolate fucking alleys? Well, everywhere you go. Detroit, How many though, people do you know that, uh, from Portland have been mugged in the last ten years? I I would assume 
zero. I mean, I don't know anybody in Portland. I know one right. guy in Portland. <laughs> I, but, I know plenty, and none of them have been mugged. But in Detroit, many, many, many people I know have been mugged. It's not to say like I've never been Detroit, Detroit is, so. <laughs> yeah, well, you're 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 not the typical Detroiter. You get how you get how it works. But if you were to move in from the outside and you get uh, you get jumped, it sucks. It sucks. So, or you know, your car gets blown into. I mean, is your car never broken into? Mine's been broken into. Um, my buddy's was broken into twice. Yeah. Definitely. In a matter of a three three year span, John so Detroit, Scott, did you ever have your car broken into? Detroit and Portland, Oregon, by the way, have almost exactly the same population density. Portland, Oregon is four thousand seven hundred forty people per square mile, and Detroit is four thousand seven hundred eighty eight. Damn! How many how many square miles is Portland? Jesus Christ! This is going to be the most boring yeah, fucking podcast of all time. We have I guess I, but no, I'm we, half, we, I'm half, I'm we need Mike to we need yeah. Mike to just like <laughs> dumbify this whole thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, I've been I've been my car's been broken into uh, seventeen times. There you in, go. Exactly. In the, in the ten years that I've been in Detroit, exactly. I've been held at gunpoint, and I honestly think Detroit sucks, and I honestly want to move. So you want my fucking opinion? I want to fucking leave. I've been wanting to leave Detroit. The last thing I want to do is fucking live, (laughs) grow up and live and die in Detroit. And I'm fucking sorry. I believe in Detroit. I love Detroit when I leave it, when I can finally leave and go somewhere else. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I'm not the white guy. That, See you from a distance. I'm not. I'm not the white guy that you you need. Like I. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't like it here. And I want to move somewhere. Well, else. the only people really singing its praises are the the white people usually. I don't know, man. I fucking. I, I want it to be great, but I don't know. It's it's tough because I can deal. Like my threshold for dealing with shit is so high. But I know for a fact that I've just been considering, you know, the shit that happens in Detroit as like the cost of living or the cost benefit. It's like risk reward. You know, my apartment is seven hundred and my apartment is seven hundred and eighty five dollars and I split it with my girlfriend and it's more space than I'm ever going to have in any other American city that is even remotely as interesting as Detroit. So it's not necessarily Detroit's fault in that way. Detroit is cool. I have, I pay 91 cents per square foot for an apartment. That's <laughs> that's fucking insane. dude. Like find yeah. me another, find me, but that doesn't, but that doesn't make Detroit great. Like again, Two things can be true. Mm-hmm. I can pay 91 cents a square foot per month in Detroit for a decent apartment <laughs> that obviously has shitty internet because I can't fucking do a 90 minute podcast without getting kicked off. And I could want, a, you know, it doesn't have to be like, it doesn't have to be like that. That can be true. And something else on the other side can be true. Like I can I mean, want to leave Detroit while understanding that the cost of living is still relatively 
cheap. I don't know. I don't know what to do here. I I I just I'm, I'm well, taking this, I, well, this opportunity nice to I, I, let I, I, you this, know this, that this would really this, this would really bum it would bum me out to not see your bum at the uh, old bathhouse. So that's that's well, uh, and the Schmitz is a that's a disaster. Only why, why do you why do you live in a place? Family, friends, <laughs> work, and like environment cost of living okay i don't have any family here i don't have a job here what right the fuck, now man uh i don't think that this is like the coolest town in the country i think columbus ohio and cleveland ohio <laughs> and cincinnati ohio <laughs> and, and Akron, ohio toledo we're putting a fucking we're putting a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode we're cooler Detroit yeah, cooler than yeah. Care, cooler than y'all. Detroit I like I like Detroit everybody uh, wants to flee to the cleave but well, it's dude, like the old Lester Banks shirt says Detroit sucks you know it just fucking sucks I can't believe that Lester Banks shirts because that, that that kind of pisses me off because I guess that flies in the face of like all my impressions of what Detroit was supposed to be like uh back in the day I think Detroit I can, always I sucked see, I can, that's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. How did it always suck? Because it was a Why fucking hard was... town. We'll go back to blue collar. Blue collar is a little bit like north of the uh, north of the, you know, 50s, the early 50s. Oh, yeah. But even the 50s, man, it was a fucking, you know, th- yeah, there was some wealth created here. Dude, every every was... goddamn house is like three fucking stories. How in the hell are people having a hard time on that? I, I I just think it it was always a hard place to live. It was always a super uh, the haves yeah. and have nots, super yeah, segregated race, uh, segregated. Yeah, it's um, people that own shit and everybody it, else. It, it's always off. been a fucking uneducated town. You know, there's not it's not never been a a, a place known for high culture. Definitely had good rock and roll and other music. Uh, that was, yeah, but that was, that was quickly fucking commodified and then shipped off to the fucking West Coast. Well, and those and and also that was the result of migratory forces. And I'm sorry, capital yep. is what drew people here. Uh, of course, and, of course, it was the, it was the promise of a better fucking life compared to the fucking cotton pick of bullshit that like their fucking parents had just gotten out of. Yeah, or, or thirty or years Eastern prior. Europe, or or war in Eastern Europe, or sure. anti-Semitism, yeah, or whatever War I, it was. Yeah, fucking absolutely. So, but unfortunately, it, it, it's never been. Yeah, we've had some great architecture and all this stuff, but we've never. I don't know. It's always been kind of a boom or bust town, and a boom town is not a great place to live either. A boom town is a place where you get gonorrhea. You know, a boom town is a place that turns into a bust town. You can't have a bust town without it being a boom town first. Yeah, and and while the boom's going, a lot of bad shit happens. Like, do you want to go out in the in in the fracking fields in Dakota in that boom town? Got the shale you. fields. No, it's a shitty place to be, just like it was to be in the factory or in Detroit or whatever. And then just to watch it slowly slip away after it was built up. As soon as it was built up, it started to decline. And then almost just as fast, if you look at the population graph in Detroit from 10 to 20, it goes boom. And then it goes up again to 40. And then it's yep. just back down the same on the yeah. same parabola. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Detroit, about Detroit, Detroit is, wanna... yeah. No, I, I mean, it's, I a, it's, Detroit, a, it's a unique, it's a unique uh, 
city in that way. It was the Arsenal you, democracy, and then all of a sudden it's been bottomed the fuck out, and it's been gutted uh, to the tune of 70% of its population over the course of the last 50 years. Detroit, uh, years. I love you, but you're bringing me down. Yep. There and, are two and, fucking well, things left that I would here. regret. There Matt's are two things. I would, we're going to be doing this. Uh, if, Matt leaves, if Matt leaves Detroit, ro- fucking drop the curtain. But <laughs> if there are two True. things, basically, I would if I if and when I ever left Detroit and I actually might live and die here. I may live until I'm 60 or 80 or whatever and die in 60 would be good. Detroit. But I would miss my friends. But more importantly, and this is so fucking Detroit, I would feel like I just bumped out. Like I couldn't fucking deal with the like that's that's another thing that's so inherently Detroit. It's like, man, I don't want to punk out. I want to be able to persevere. It's like every fucking day it's about like and doing this is coming from <laughs> a fucking college educated white guy who has all the opportunity in the world in Detroit. I'm like, man, if I leave Detroit, I really I really hoed it out. I really, I really punked out on Detroit. Like I couldn't hack it. It's like, dude, look at me. Like, obviously, I can't hack it in Detroit. But this is all I've known. Like the only shit I know is the unions and the big three and the Rust Belt and the smog and the disrespect and. You know, if you're if you're if you live oh, in Michigan means- <laughs> and you graduate from college and you're like even have half a brain, like you're going to move to Detroit because that's where the culture is. And I feel very proud. I'm a very proud Detroiter, but I can hold that thought. And also on the flip side, think it's just a bummer. Like is that's all I have is my pride. Like every time I go anywhere else in the country, I'm just so boastful about Detroit. And I think it just has a lot to do with my own ego. Like, well, I've survived in Detroit, you know, I've, I've hacked it in Detroit for 10 or 12 or 40 years. So fuck you, Santa Fe and fuck you, LA. And <laughs> Santa fuck, Fe. I kind of like, you yeah, walk I go oh, like, man, oh, like Denver, like, oh, LA. oh, you live in, oh my God, you live in Fort Collins and you have problems. Like, well, and, and there's a lot of places <laughs> around the country where you go and you're like, yeah, this is an, fuck you up for Detroit. <laughs> this is objectively a better place to live. The quality of life is way higher. But this place is lame as fuck. It's (laughs) lame as fuck. It's boring. I know. I know, man. Like Minneapolis. I'm like, wow, Minneapolis. Everyone's white and cute and talking about philosophy as they jog around the lake with their two-year-old newborn brilliant child. I didn't know. I didn't realize how obnoxious philosophy was until I started, (laughs) until I stopped reading it for about 10 years. Now, now I understand what everybody was all pissed off at me for <laughs> in the first 10 years after I, I started just, studying. I think monogamy is just monogamy in well, all We were talking about philosophy. Just you just jumped into monogamy. Let's just clear it <laughs> M- Monogamy clarify, is... Clarify, a- clarify. We're <laughs> switching topics. I said philosophy. No. You said I it is philosophical. It is. Yeah, okay. It is. It is. It falls in that. There's a <laughs> Venn, there's a Venn diagram where it's like oh, we I, feel. That doesn't if, feel very philosophical to me. That when, feels when entirely feel, fucking biological. <laughs> well, what I feel like I'm cheat like Detroit. It's like uh, Stockholm syndrome in Detroit. Like you just feel 
like, well, this Absolutely is my right. this is my master. Well, that's that's and, that's, know, that's like culture I, works. That's that's not how hegemony works. That, that that's literally, I mean that that's that's a perfect fucking depiction of it. Stockholm syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't find I don't find any any position you've taken at all to be incorrect. The same thing happens in people so in New York. You know, people conjecture. in New York. Uh, when I moved to New York, the the biggest the biggest thing that people told me was going to be the problem was that I would move back from New York to Detroit, and I would be and I would be like uh, coming back with my tail between my legs. But uh, and why? Why matter. would you? It doesn't uh, fucking matter. It does not fucking matter. I've heard that a you, lot. So what are the move reasons around. that you would move? What are the reasons? Is it like is the number one reason cost of living? Why why a Detroiter yeah, it's, it's because you, moves it's you to fail. another place and comes back? Uh, because you didn't yeah. understand, you weren't like ready for the cost of living or sure, the gravity sure. or sure, sure. It's it's not like it's not the the hustle bustle. All actually, all that the the pace of life and all that was perf- perfect for me. It it literally it fits me so perfectly. But there was there were two things. One was uh, I never wanted to get that phone call that was like, "Hey, uh, your dad is sick, and now you need to come home." And I had missed the, next, the last eight years of talking to my dad or, you know, my mom or whoever. I didn't want to I didn't want to be in that position where I couldn't where, where I just literally missed, you know, whatever was was left, uh, you know, in our relationship. I thought that was uh, fucking horrible. And then the the other part was obviously you'll you'll never own anything. And you're going to be paying rent, but the thing is, the rent keeps fucking cranking up every fucking year, and your by, wages aren't going up decent, either. And right. wages never go up, and it just the rent keeps going up and up and up, and the the you know kind of barrier to entry to any new career gets higher and higher and higher because more and more people continue to fucking move there. As Matt said earlier in the census discussion, they have gained, they have actually gained over the course of a pandemic. Uh, actually, we're talking about the census, so that was not during the yeah. pandemic, but they have still it was gained. Taken during the pandemic, though, you know, that, you know, was when, it really? when a lot, yeah, was the, it? April 2020 is the point in time count for oh, April 2020. Census. Okay, yeah. So they have actually gained people during that, that period when a lot and of people were out of town. <laughs> ex- exactly. Well, and those people are, you know, God bless them. They might end up actually getting uh, rent for a decent fucking price for once uh, in New York City. But, you know, we were paying uh, $3,000 for a 650 square foot apartment. Three of us. It was three of us. So we split it $1,000 each each way. But that's pretty fucking nuts. 650 square foot apartment, three grand in, in Brooklyn, in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, yeah, which is that's it's close to, it's, it's close to where the Brooklyn Nets play. It was on state street and the location was fucking amazing. It was great. But by the time you have gone through one or two years of that shit in New York city, you just start to accept things that you would never accept otherwise. So then you just start paying it. You're just like, oh, yeah, this is normal. It just It's normal. But then here's a fucked up thing. 
when we came back to Detroit, we thought for sure, okay, we're used to paying a thousand dollars a month a piece, uh, between me and me and Kristen, uh, for just, just for our apartment, you know, for the, the part of our apartment we had, we came back and could not find a single fucking place for under $2,000. That was like even remotely, uh, livable. So they had this hype train, this motherfucking hype train and this uh, PR fucking campaign that was going on between Brooklyn and Detroit. I don't know who the fuck was behind that shit. I've always meant to like look that into this. in the grocery store and uh... maybe. Yeah. You know, I just I want to know who was behind that mother that that fucking thing in 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 Brooklyn. I'm not kidding you in Brooklyn. There are multiple billboards that say next stop Detroit. So it's just encouraging people to do that. But I want to know who the fucking uh, like the PR firm is behind that bullshit because that dude landed here and had a fucking absolute dose of reality. And uh, his shop was closed up like six months later. And, you know, honestly, I'm glad. Fuck him. He came here. He tried to buy up some real estate. He tried to like he thought he was going to put like fancy cheeses and, and mm-hmm. candle candlesticks and whatever the fuck in his, uh, in his little shop and it fucking folded immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's you. You don't that's deserve the thing, that. That's and not that's yours. The thing, that's the thing I fucking love about this town so much is that for all the, you know, you up and spits you for all the smack that I just talked about it. Detroit, I have to credit with like basically shaping a large part of my identity. It's like I root for the fucking worker. I root for the underdog. I root for the person that gets kicked and spit on while they're just trying to, you know, make a living for themselves. And yeah, okay, cool. Do I have to qualify it? Do I have to do my do white guy diligence again and qualify it by saying I'm a fucking white guy who's educated? I don't think so. But (laughs) I, you know, like, I think Detroit breeds people like socialists. I think Detroit breeds sympathetic people. I think when you live in Detroit for a fucking decade or grow up in Detroit, in and around Detroit, there wasn't, there wasn't a fucking uh, land holding class that that seems to keep fucking but the, changing but the, sim- the but, political fucking orientation of everybody around. But, the, but but regionally, I think the sympathy. And, and as I'm saying there. this, I'm looking at Matt with a mustache in uh, a darkened room with a with a fucking hot light on his face, and I'm That's thinking, just because I'm so goddamn pale. He looks like he looks like Burns as like a child, like a child, like a young Mister Burns. Here I am in my land holdings of my mm-hmm. forty foot by eighty foot yeah. Detroit. Lot. It looks like you don't even have real electricity. <laughs> my twelve hundred square foot house, <laughs> Matt. One it, looks, it looks like you have. <laughs> I can't believe Matt had the audacity to buy a sixty-eight thousand dollar house. <laughs> that that. Fucking capitalist son of a bitch. I believe in private property. Because <laughs> you're like... It's the foundation of God, my wealth. 
Dear God, dear God, it must be private. Please don't, please don't attack me. Sixty-eight thousand dollars shithole house. Very easy the to foundation steal. of my my family's uh, multi generational wealth. It is, it is, it is. If if the if the Lewises see four generations, this will be the kernel of yeah, it all. Right. It yes. all started here. Is the Absolutely. reason there are so many liquor stores in Detroit because we have to wash out our fucking sympathy for every single human being in this country? Because we're just like, well, we probably have it like we're like in the bottom five of like large cities. So I'm feeling way too much. I'm going to head down to uh, the stop and go on McNichols and just like wash all this empathy away. <laughs> i think it's because uh that you have zero opportunities uh which is why you want to leave and this is the only way to fucking you know live through the goddamn day with the smile on your face i don't know in a world where everyone's like working from home it's either like just we should all just kind of be working from home or i don't know selling shit on ebay I, i'm not sure what to do all, so well, all if you I got a good eBay out. business, if you got a good eBay business, <laughs> I mean, you know, that's what Detroit's known for. Yo, man, I got an eBay business in Detroit. <laughs> What's really hey, cool hey, though hey, is hey, uh, nobody's stealing my shit. The Detroit and Flint rap scenes are actually really hot and have been for the last like handful of years. Yeah, that's cool. I really like that. Yeah, um, I'll come. I'll come at you. I'll come at you off off the record with a couple good like flint rappers oh man okay well, listen i i hate blowing up i hate blowing up uh, business for this but uh, honestly no one no one's really gonna listen to this and uh i do i do feel a public need to say john scott when you worked at the livernoy tapper that was a solid joint not bad right food was good beer was good Things were all right. My job was good. Back back in the day. Mm-hmm. Now they now Ferndale Project owns this motherfucker. And I have been there three or four different times. It has been a miserable experience every fucking time. The beer has been okay, but twice their beer's their beer is better than ours. The beer is good because it's Eastern Market Brewing Company, and the beer is actually good out of there. However, Two times out of four, I've been there. I've gotten dregs out of the keg. And I mentioned it, but I mentioned it like in a cool way. It was trying to be nice. They're like, oh, it looks like we got the dregs here. And and what I get uh, excuse is. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, young yeah. man. Yeah. I, I'm no, don't. I, I'm Care Bear. I, I was total Care Bear on it. And, and I was like, it uh, looks like I go, oh, it's the dregs, you know, because. Some people that serve you up there now. Serve, yeah, uh, the, dregs. Dregs, the dregs are Dude. here. <laughs> actually, actually, dregs is a way cooler nickname. That's a cool than Karen. It's a way cooler nickname than Karen. I'll fucking take dregs. Dregs is sweet. Yeah, it is a sweet. And yeah, yeah, it's badass. Next year, that's yeah, on, try, on the back of your Try to insult me. Try to insult me with that. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I mentioned it to him, and you get that look. You get that blank look in someone's eyes, like they have no. They have no idea what you're talking about. They don't know what dregs means. So they just they just kind of give you like a uh-huh and they they kind of nod and, and move by. 
anyhow, um, I got another, I got another pint, same, same deal, same exact fucking thing. And I go, I go, Oh man, I was just kidding earlier. I thought this was the dregs, but it, it <laughs> is this really that unfiltered? It's that unfiltered that yeah, you ordered like the, the New England IPA, is what mm-mm, you did. Mm-mm. Nope, <laughs> it was the it was motherfucking a, dregs. It was and, a lager. <laughs> oh my god! All right. So the only reason I'm saying this is uh, in, in case I can maybe save one or two people who might listen to this podcast. Never ever fucking go to that place. That. That Ferndale project is a absolute disaster. I don't go to Ferndale. It is, so it is cool. a travesty. It's a fucking travesty. <laughs> that was probably that was the worst. That's the worst thing I've ever paid for, and it was not cheap. Not fucking cheap. It costs like thirty fucking dollars for forty dollars. Cost forty dollars for two chicken sandwiches and and oh i I got french fries on the side they said do you want side of french fries and i said yes came out as diced potatoes which were uh dry and old and then they said oh uh it's normally nachos normally tortillas and salsa oh there's nothing more offensive than a side of chips dude Chips and salsa, but no, I, no, there is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Because chips and salsa are the normal side. It came out as a fucking uh, tort, like torta, like the uh, what is it called? It's a, it's the size of a tortilla, but it's a, it's a chip. What is that? Tostada. Tostada. Thank you. So. They gave us. They gave us. I'm not. Ki- I'm not fucking kidding you. They gave us five tostadas and a tiny ramekin of shit salsa. They said well, it was. Paso. They said they said chips and salsa was the side. And then I asked, um, well, why would you have a bar that serves Belgian beer and Mexican food? And. That was that was an absolute did not fucking register for her. She did not know what I was talking about. And I go, I go, I go. Think about it for a second. You like Belgian. You like Belgian beer. You enjoy Belgian beer. And you show up at a place that serves Belgian beer, but somebody's going to serve you a fucking quesadilla and and a plate of nachos which is tostadas and a tiny ramekin of fucking salsa not to mention the chicken sandwich was fuck it had no sauce on it i i can't i can't i can't i can't do this you got a co-op man you got a fucking i'm so i am so fucking irritated by this shit they uh, another place has bought this fucking expensive real estate has put in all this money to this expensive real estate, and when we I put in all I, the money, Axel I didn't put it on the fucking loot. exactly. I didn't even complain. I didn't even complain about the food. And before I had gotten to the point where I was about to complain about the food, the the uh, the, the the server, yeah, before Dregs got to complain. Uh, no, before the, I, then, then the dregs arrived, or were, the, had you already the gone server? No, I hadn't. No, the dregs showed up first, dude. Believe me, that was that was the uh, that was the initial that was like the ignition switch, and she was like, before I had like even got to that point, she was like, um, she was like, oh well, our she goes, our well, our chef is Mexican and he really wants to ex- uh, express his culture, 
It's like, oh, you got uh, you why got in the mother? Yeah, why in the fuck would he want to express it at a Belgian brewery? And why would you hire a motherfucking Mexican chef that you can wanted hire a to? Chef. Just not a chef of Mexican food. Look, hold on, <laughs> shut up. Why would you hire? <laughs> why would you hire a Mexican chef that really wanted to explore and uh, put out his like cultural, like his, you know, why would you want to hire somebody you want to explore their fucking culture at a place that is opposite of the fucking culture that you're fucking like drinking it? So it's your, your Belgian beer, and then you have this guy who wants to be. He's like, oh, I want people to explore my culture whatever the food was fucking garbage the food that we got was even worse than the beer so wow. fuck Be- that place because you want to you want to nothing dip, to you do dip your hands and br- like that's that's the american micro that's the model that is the american microbrewery model since like 2000 10 or 8 or 5 is that you just like are trying to dip your hands in all these different pots. The brewery is just always you know, the American brewery like always tries to be woke and that's how they try to express that by saying we're going to brew Belgian beers and American styles and European you know but we're also going to have Asian, like pan Asian food, a pan Asian food and Mexican food. And, yeah. you know, uh, a fucking new, new Indian or whatever. Like yeah, dude, everyone's good. looking, the brewery's role in the American food and beverage scene is to just try to make shit up. Like oh. this is a new style of beer. This is like a new kind of, you know, it's all about it's all conceptual. It's all about concept and just all the concepts. Further. Can it be good? I mean, it can be good, right? Just to expand this further, restaurants are bullshit. Generally, yeah, they're stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid activity. It's like, oh, I need to go out so that somebody else can like do work for me. It's like the one place where I can be the boss in my fucking life. I can go boss somebody around. Well, they're dying, which is like I feel ambivalent about. Good. It. I mean, I feel for the I feel for the service workers that I understand. I mean, I empathize and understand what the average food and beverage worker is going through. But, but I think these about, places need to fucking go out a bit. You like, don't care about any of these fancy restaurants, any of these and or these like mid grade fancy restaurants. The places that you're gonna miss if they go out of business are like Nemo's Bar, or uh marge's mm-hmm. bar or whatever you know places oh, that are marge, just if marge's go if marge's goes out of fucking business i'm leaving detroit that's well it's it. not going to because they <laughs> do they do something that's, basic that's and it. they do I'm it out. well i'm fucking out and exactly. they have a sign that just they, says liquor they do it fucking basic <laughs> yeah well same same with uh uh who, who the pizza joint uh right on the same stretch roses um, roses oh my mama god Rosa. yeah mama roses baby that pizza is fucking phenomenal. When they're open, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you'd like them to be open a little bit more often than they are. But yeah, um, you know, people go out, they expect some experience. Like it's, even though it's all flat, it's all bullshit. It's all the same experience. And like, I, I mean, I, 
I went to a, I went to a restaurant this weekend. Uh, and I, I should be careful about this, but the experience was so. <laughs> you, you know the server. <laughs> well, you know it's all order online, so like we didn't even fucking talk to any person besides the person who sat us down. You use a QR code to order, and you pay, and you pre-tip. And then they fuck up your order when they bring it out. Pre a pre. They they give your order three times to the table next door to you until you like raise the point. And the one person who had the order, they had a simple, the simplest thing on the menu. (laughs) Vegetarian chili was the last person to get their food after he'd gone to this other table three times. And then, and then they correct it by sending out meat chili. Oh, Jesus. Christ. And meanwhile, we never talked to a waiter or anything. We just like put it in a QR code and pre tip 25% because we're nice. Dude, dude, at this point, at this point, why is there <laughs> not a fucking pneumatic tube that drops a bowl of chili down just to just blast it down on the table and it fucking explodes up? If it's going to be, if it's going to be between vegetarian chili and actual chili. Send that shit to me in a fucking tube. I just need to go to places that can never fuck up because they are what they are. Which like is I, what McDonald's is fast food. food. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, or or a bar, just a fucking bar. Yeah, I'm gonna start that, a restaurant. I'm gonna, start a, beers. Yeah. I'm gonna start a place called Just the Pre Tip. <laughs> it's gonna be a new American joint. Yeah. Just the the pre tip will be good. Oh, um, in in other news, I was at uh, I was at uh, Toast and in Ferndale, and and the our lady who worked at uh, Tony's, the one who was constantly like cooking the burgers, doing the fries, and all that. She's at Toast now. You gotta have a tough exoskeleton to work at Tony's. I feel like. Oh man. Oh man. You gotta got. You have to have a tough exoskeleton to work at fucking. Actually, no. You're right. Basically, all these you fucking places. You don't need a good exoskeleton for toast. the The guy who took my order was wearing a skirt, and oh, I know. Uh, yeah, I know that guy. Was yeah. He's very nice, and I was like, I almost said. I wish I was wearing a skirt. That looks very comfortable. But I didn't. I don't know how that comes off. Never comment on anybody's clothing or appearance. That's the safe rule. See, that's what's fucked up, though. I hate being safe. Uh, because in a way, he looked super fucking comfortable. He was wearing a goddamn skirt yeah. and, and like, uh, tennis shoes. He was wearing tennis shoes and a skirt, and he looked incredibly comfortable. And I was like, damn. I wish I was baller enough to wear a skirt. I mean, shit, good for him. But in any event, food at Toast, unbelievable. Fucking killer. Holy shit. Yeah, there was a blowout. So husband and wife do. It's always busy, but it's fucking phenomenal. The husband headed up um, Otis Supply, a nine-mile which had their fair share of problems, namely with paying employees. Yeah, the, the, on the basic, time. the most basic yeah. of issues. And she and they got divorced, and she, the wife, took the toasts. One in Ferndale. 
Shut and, up. Yeah, and one in uh, Birmingham, and he ended up with uh, the Otis Supply. This is very riveting shit for uh, Dan. I wish we, I wish we had ways to actually make this podcast interesting for people outside of uh, our like very limited range. Well, I mean, no, our, we gotta, only we our only listeners in Alaska, so we're we're at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if he's going to be interested. Actually, I I really, uh, yeah, and Danny, like, okay, let's take let's talk Lake Orion. What, yeah, do we, yeah, what can right. we say about Lake Orion, Matt? We can't. We can't talk about. Well, actually, I can talk about Lake Orion. I used to play baseball there, and it fucking destroyed them every time I played them. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was amazing. <laughs> I was. I was really good. <laughs> I, yeah. I blew. I fucking destroyed my knee before I could play college, so um, I was never able to play it. But uh, yeah, man, we played Lake Orion. And yeah, we destroyed them every fucking time. Yeah, but you know we're just a bunch of. But he's not forty, is he? Is he forty? Is he my age? Who, Danny? Yeah. No, I think he's like thirty-two or something. Oh, yeah. Okay, he has no idea. He's a. He has no idea. He has no fucking idea. (laughs) His Harlan Harlan was up to back in the day. Uh, Harlan used to destroy Lake Orion. We did though. We we fucking kicked their asses. Awesome. You're some because you're some corn. You, you got that corn fed <laughs> faction. You know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I always had a knack, but you know, I also you were, you were I'm, injury, I'm injury prone. I'm injury prone as well. So glad I didn't. Glad I didn't waste my motherfucking time trying to get into the pros. Well, uh, we gotta ask uh, Danny if the Oral Beck legend. Came down through time and space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the thirteen-year-old uh, tournament vibes. Uh, you guys remember some kid who had uh, two triples and thirteen-year-old tournament uh, situation? Yeah, that, that's probably what we're looking at. Damn it, Danny didn't email us this week. Oh, he man. didn't email us this week, and I was actually looking for it. But actually, I think it'll be better when when Mike's back to to go through uh, Danny's email because we also, because again, I, I was going to do the Woodstock 99 stuff, but I didn't want to do that without Mike. Cause I feel next like next week totally we're doing fucking, totally fucking unfair. Um, it, but you know, again, what's most unfair is, is Mike decided to ghost out on us today for personal reasons, quote unquote. So, that there's seems, a bit. There's a bit about that in Curb Your Enthusiasm. I think he seems fairly he fucking cowardly. straight punked us yeah. on personal reason causes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, I don't know how many personal fucking reasons you could have other than the one a quarter five ninety five that I have, uh, and I could use every single fucking week. You can punk out on personal reasons once a quarter, definitely. Yeah. I got to go be, personal, I have personal reasons to leave right now. Actually. It should be it should be once a Oh once yeah, a yeah. We're, we're we're running up on Let's all leave. You want to leave for you all want to leave for personal yeah. reasons right now? I got a personal problem. Yeah. I got to deal with here. Yeah, we all Uh-oh. got <laughs> Yeah, we all got fucking issues, man. Well, this Michael, was the is Michael, we miss you. I don't think we were cleared for communication today. So <laughs> Mike, Michael clears communication uh, right. before the broadcast actually starts. Mike, we missed you. 
good good man uh hope you're doing all right and hope your personal issues are settled goodbye